Welcome to Fuse. Glad to see you guys. You guys, uh, ask you a question. <clears throat> Do you, have you ever had a moment where you wish you could hit, like hit a rewind button? You ever just like, man, if I could ever in life have hit the re rewind button, I would hit it like right now over this specific situation or whatever. Um, I've had a couple of those moments, and I decided I would bring a couple of those stories for you tonight just to let you know that I also have done some of those things. So when I moved um, to Montgomery, Alabama in third grade, brand new, right, moved from Minnesota to Alabama. If you're not so hot on your geography, it's a long way away and wildly different cultures, wildly different accents, wildly different everything. And uh, I was brand new in the neighborhood and I'm not a natural extrovert, not a natural one to make new friends. Anyone like me, you're like, someone is going to have to pick me and say, we're going to be friends because I'm not going to walk up and get to know, especially as a kid. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I'm in the neighborhood and my mom does this thing. Um, if you've seen Sandlot, this, is, this, is, this moment happens in Sandlot where they're like, hey, there's some kids out there. Why don't you go out in there and you know, just, you quit playing inside, like go outside and get in some trouble, you know? And, and I took that to heart, uh, apparently. And so there were some people out there. I remember they were uh, jumping on the trampoline across the street, got to know them. And then over the course of the next couple days, we got to know each other pretty well, and I started to feel comfortable. And the thing that was popular in that moment to do was to go um, be vagrants around, around the uh, local um, construction sites. The, the, the building was, I'm sorry, the neighborhood was like a quarter done. So it was like all construction. It was all houses that were just kind of framed in. And so as a third, fourth grade boy, I'm like, yeah, I am in. Like, let's go, let's go play. And then one of uh, my friends suggested that we get into um, a, a fight. Uh, we noticed that as they had kind of tilled up the ground with all their machinery and all that, there was these like clumps of mud that were like kind of firm enough to throw. Uh, but when they hit somebody, they would explode. And so it was like totally harmless, right? <laughs> uh, nope, <laughs> not, not totally harmless. And so we got into this fight, and we had like three guys over there and like three guys over here. And uh, man, we had a plan, and like we were like together, and we we're like, all right, one, two, three, like on three, we're all gonna stand up. But we were third graders, and so like we were so stupid, so stupid. Um, and so like if you're gonna have a plan where you're gonna all throw at the same time, you should be like lining up this way, not like lining up like where you're behind somebody. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I needed a rewind button. And so one, two, three, and I pick up, and, and here's Doug Miller right here in front of me. And his big fat peanut head was just like, it took up the whole space. And so I wasn't even, I was just like, you know, just gonna chunk it as far as I could. Well, there was a rock inside of this uh, mud. And uh, that did not explode in a million pieces. The back of his head exploded into, well, there was blood. There was blood. And so um, then the next thing that happens is I start to see this blood streaming from the back of his head. And uh, I'm like, I have done messed up big time. Uh, he might be dead. Who knows? He, this might be the last moments before his, his mom holds his lifeless butt. Sorry, that's too much. Um, <laughs> it's too much, too much, too dark. Um, welcome to church. And so um, he's like, yeah, my head is bleeding. And so he starts like, you know, running towards his house, which is like, a quarter mile away because we had been, you know, looking for the perfect lot or whatever. And uh, his parents took him to the hospital. He got stitches. He was fine. And then Mark, like, once all the, the, the stuff calmed down, you know, you walk in the house and you're like, <laughs> crazy, huh? 
well, I'll be going to bed now. And they're like, no, you won't. We are going to talk about this. And that right there is the worst part of it all. I honestly, like, I was sad that I hurt Doug. I was terrified of whatever was about to happen with my parents. And there was punishment. And then they had made agreement with Doug and his parents and said, hey, when you get back from the hospital, stop by our house. We're going to have a little chat with uh, Mark, and he has some apologizing to do. Worst moment, worst moment of that whole season was just like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, you, ever, you ever have a moment where you could hit the rewind button? Years later, uh, still not uh, mature, um, senior in high school, Mark, it's 12th grade, we've, we've, we've seen some time, but still kind of a dummy. Um, senior in high school, uh, we're over at a friend's house, and uh, we have driver's licenses and everything, and we're kind of planning to meet at this one place, and I'll never forget this moment because my friend pulls up, um, he drives a Honda Del Sol, and if you drive a Honda Del Sol in the room, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a piece of crap. Uh, it's, it's not nice, um, but like this was his uh, pride and joy, and, um, and so Mark, who didn't know how um, things work, uh, when he was pulling up the driveway, I did, and I can imagine I like, as I was thinking about this story, I was like, I can pick out in the crowd which students would do this. In fact, I've got one that I know would do this, and we'll maybe let you guys see if you can guess later. Um, but I ran up towards his car as he was pulling up, and I jumped on his hood. Um, and senior in high school, Mark, learned that some hoods don't hold up under the weight of a senior in high school, and so there was a Mark-sized dent in the hood. And this was like getting ready to go to college, Mark. I mean, this was about as grown as a high schooler can be um, and still not very smart. Um, how, huh? How are you here? How am I here? How am I alive? My mom asks that question daily and thanks Jesus for his sweet mercy <laughs> on my life. And, um, and so that was honestly the reason that um, I got a job so quickly in college because I did so many dumb things the summer before college that I ran out of all the money that I saved up to take to college. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's how that happened. I'm sure there's plenty of stories. Later, we'll, we'll, we'll have a little game where we guys uh, try to guess which student I thought uh, would do that. We'll do that later. How about that? Um, but I have had those moments, and I don't know about you. Some of you are like, man, I've got a story from this week, and we're not going to share it. We're not going to do it. It's not open mic night, but I know that you feel that some kind of way. And when it's time to face the music, like whether it's parents or whether it's your friends or whether it's your teacher or whether it's your coach or whatever, and you do something stupid and you wish you could take it all back, there's that like awful, guilty feeling. It's not even like the moment that you did it, you're in shock. But then there's the moment where you've got to like face the music. And so I put a couple gifts uh, up on the screen that I'm curious like maybe how you react uh, maybe this first one, <clears throat> if we could put that on the screen. Maybe you're just kind of like, you're just nervous. I love Michael Scott so much, and he's just had so many of those moments in the office. He doesn't even realize all the times that he, he should react that way. What about this? Maybe you're just like, totally, you, you did something stupid. We'll see if we can go on the screen. I did do that. And you're just kind of like, what will you do to me? Or third, maybe your reaction is you just want to jump out a window. <laughs> It's like, no, that seems like the best case scenario for me right now to jump out a window and just, uh, yeah, abort mission. <laughs> I don't know about you, but um, I've had those moments. And we're talking about moods, and, um, and we all wrestle with this issue of, uh, of guilt. Of guilt. We said, we said in the first week that um, emotions don't have to be your boss. And if you remember, we talked about 
anger. We talked about how we deal with our anger. Um, in the second week, last week, Eli did such a phenomenal job teaching us about how we deal with our fear. Um, but tonight, um, we want to kind of take a step deeper, and we want to talk about our guilt, our guilt. Now, that may have not been the first emotion that you thought we would teach on, uh, but I think it's a big one. Now, I think as I was thinking about this, I think a lot of us end up confusing guilt and shame. And it's interesting, if you think about those, those two things, um, I put the definitions on the screen, um, so if we can see the definition of guilt, it is the fact of having committed a breach of conduct, and it's very like dictionary language, especially violating the law involving a penalty. So this is like, it happened. It's black and white, it happened. There's guilty and there's not guilty. But then shame is interesting. Shame is kind of different. Um, and the shame is, is kind of the painful emotion caused by the consciousness of guilt. So it's almost like guilt comes first, and that's almost like a description of us when we do something wrong, but then shame comes in, and it's kind of that mood and that, that emotion that we experience. We're aware of, of the guilt, the shortcoming, or the impropriety. We know we've done something wrong, and we feel shameful. Now, I think it's interesting as we think about um, these, you know, I, that some of us, uh, we walk around with these feelings of, of um, guilt or shame. And if you've ever wrestled with that, um, I want to tell you that the church has done a good job of making sure that you know that that's not supposed to be your boss. We said it the whole series. Emotions are not supposed to be your boss. They don't have to be your boss. So what is it that we do to combat our guilt in our shame, if we've done something wrong, if we've made a mistake, if we've been living in a pattern of sin and we feel kind of that shame, what do we do to combat that? So in order to uh, talk through this, I'd like to invite uh, my friend Eli up, and I'm going to um, tell you guys a, a little story. Um, he knows a little bit about what's about to happen. He doesn't know all of what's about to happen, and so this is going to be fun. This is, my man's got a backpack, and as we're born, um, we're all born with this ability to carry things. Um, I was just, by the way, uh, enamored at how much stuff goes in my kids' backpacks. I mean, I've got like a third grader, and that thing is about to, but how many of y'all have backpacks that are like literally like I feel like I'm going hiking uh, with the army right now through the Middle East? Yeah, you're like, it would be better if I had one of those hiking backpacks, right? I had like little pots and pan pans dangling at the bottom. So all of us, can I unzip your bag? Okay, is there anything in there? Not that I know. Is anything, ooh, is anything interesting in here? <gasps> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Um, so I brought a couple props here. Um, as you grow up, you start to learn um, that things happen to you. So maybe as an elementary kid, you know, you've got these things that go in your bag. And these are like weights. You're going to see these props that go in. And they're like weights. Now, I put like one book in his bag. And I just told you, like, my, my first grader can handle this. So hopefully you can handle this. Do you Maybe. work out, by the way? Not too much. Not too much. That's a lie. What's the definition of humility? <laughs> it's happening right in front of you, ladies. Is that awkward? <laughs> oh, it's the guys. Okay. So he's pretty swole. So you should be able to handle this. So as you grow up, you start to learn how to handle things. But then you know, you start to get like, like we've said before that like over the course of the years, you've got middle school problems. And what's, what's your middle school problems? It's like the teachers. Did Jonathan say that? Okay. Jonathan, who's in high school, but you remember you're triggered. So you start to have, what are the problems are middle schoolers having? Homework. 
Just yell it out. Getting beat up, yeah. Sports. Pressure? Okay. Yeah, we got, we got problems. And, and what ends up happening is through all of that, you start to kind of carry all this weight. And, and, and high schoolers in the room, would you say that like as you get older, like you're starting to carry a little more weight, like your problems are a little heavier than the middle school problems? Yeah, the, so the middle schoolers in the room would be like, how much worse can it get? <laughs> it gets worse. That's why we adults in the room love you so much and we just want to kind of lean into your life sometime and say, you better buckle up because it gets so much harder. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Kind of not kidding. Um, so, so stuff starts to, to take over and like, you know, it's funny because like college happens and, um, and you start, the, the books start to get bigger um, and, and you start to have to like, are you okay? By the way, I haven't even yeah. paused to ask yeah, I, if our friend Eli is okay. So goodness gracious. Okay. I think that's all your backpack is going to hear. Hold on. We're going to, we're going to, sh- huh? I don't have a big backpack. You don't have, well, you should have prepared better. Okay. So you're going to hold these. Okay. College, college, Eli, uh, you're in, you're in college. Where do you go to school? Liberty University. Dang straight, you go to Liberty University. Okay, all right. So then you've got all this stuff um, that you kind of add on. And there's, with all the weight that comes with, like, the life that you live, um, there comes these decisions. And some of these decisions in your life, they're not just books. They're, they're mistakes. And so you're kind of carrying along with you this guilt, this shame, um, this kind of resentment. Some of us have said, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Truthfully, Doug Miller the guy that I hit with the rock in the back of the head is still alive. Like he's on Facebook. I don't, <laughs> Facebook, I guess I could have looked. Maybe he did, who knows. Um, he's still alive to my knowledge, okay? So I'm saying that's not a problem that I carry around with me. But there are problems that kind of affect us a little heavier, right? And as you get older, right, college Eli is dealing with some different things. So college Eli got himself a job <laughs> at Jesus First Baptist Church working in the construction department, apparently. Um, and so, yeah, so like that's a lot to handle, though. Like you're working a full-time job and you're in school full-time. This is incredible. Like you guys aren't going to know this until you're in college, but it's a big deal what he's doing. He's taking on a lot. And so to be here is a really big deal. But he's also got sports and stuff like that that he's got to handle, but he's not very good at sports. And so like he's got this like, whoa, whoa. This is a fictional story. My man can play soccer and can, uh, huh? He's good at basketball, yeah. Kevin Love, right, exactly. Go Cavs, 2016 champions. So, yeah, sure. I mean, you can juggle the weight that you're carrying whatever way you need to. You're prepared. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He's also slightly nervous. So as we grow, we start to have these decisions that kind of trail along with us. And some of us tend to carry these decisions uh, to go. Sometimes Eli makes bad decisions about what he eats. And so you ever have guilt about what you eat and you're like, you, it's not just emotional guilt. Like I shouldn't have eaten that. That's not good for me. But sometimes there's a physical feeling attached to what happens when you eat something poorly. We uh, went to Whataburger um, the night of the advanced commitment night and it just felt so right. I got a patty melt. It was amazing. Um, you know, midnight came and I didn't feel as good about my, my life decisions. You know, we'll just leave that there. Um, but sometimes we have these, yeah, it's just snacks. You just don't, you know, whatever, you know. He's, he, this man has a strict diet, so he knows nothing about eating poorly. Uh, but I tell you what also he knows is, um, is he, he goes on dates with his girlfriend every once in a while, um, Allie, who it lives at where? Ooh, girl, all right, let's talk about it. 
lives in Anderson, South Carolina. This is my, like, nice mug, okay? There's only one of these printed. Um, just kidding. Uh, you just don't drop it. It's special to me. But you take her to college. I, I have never used it before. <laughs> Got it out of a closet. Um, so, so the idea there, though, is that you, you go on a date with your girlfriend, and it's real special. There's this moment, but you slip up and you say something stupid. Because, gentlemen, because, hands down, hands down, wrong time. Because sometimes, gentlemen, you say things that come into your, your brain and they go out of your mouth before you have time to realize they're incredibly stupid. They're incredibly stupid. And the guys are like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Have you ever done this? Yeah. You want to talk about it? No. No, okay, all right. So in order, in order to, to make it right with Allie, he gets her a candle, but then she gets mad because it's a brisket flavored candle, <laughs> scented. You said flavored a couple weeks ago, so I went with that. Right. Have you ever smelled a brisket flavored candle? It's not pretty. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Okay. Tyler gave it to me, so I haven't thrown it away, but yeah, it needs to be thrown away. And then, and then there's the guilt of like, well, you know, we have a Bible here and there's the guilt of like, man, when you forget to do your quiet time, your devotional to please don't drop anything here. Gosh, I'm irresponsible. Jeez. Um, so there's the, there's the fear uh, or the, there's the guilt, excuse me, of like you miss your quiet time and you, maybe you miss it for a while and you're like, man, I didn't go to church and I start to feel real bad about just someone creeping back there to kill you. Um, there's, yeah, let's see who it is. Let's just take a second. Um, so you have all this stuff happen. Um, and then actually when you get older, life happens and the parents in the room <laughs> have been waiting for this moment. There's marriage, and then there's, there's um, these things called children, okay? Here, can you just rearrange? Yeah, just set everything down. Oh, no! All right, nope. Okay, that's literal broken glass, and so we're going to get to... Okay, so much! Piece of crap mug I'm never going to use. Okay, just kidding. Houston's first. Okay, so there's that. We're going to edit that out of the podcast. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. So thank you, sir. You want to take that home? <laughs> brisket tastes good, but the smell of brisket. See, that's awesome. So oh, you said, oh, butter was your choice of language there. And so it's a lot. Is it a lot? Yours, you work out, though. I mean, it is going to add up. It does kind of add up. You ever felt that feeling of what it's like? Let's just kind of pause here for a second and just to kind of take this moment seriously. You ever had that moment where like everything is starting to build up and you're like, ah, oh, this feels like this feels like a lot to carry. This feels like a lot and, and some to physically carry. Okay, so we're gonna do a quick sweep up job while I keep talking. Um, thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. My most prized, my most prized possession in this life. So it does. Now. If you're like me, if you're like me, what you might be tempted to do, thank you, Ryan, is to try to just like handle it. And you know, you just, so you're like, well, like I'm a, I'm a man, I've, I've been given plenty of resources, I, I, I'm gonna take care of business and I'm gonna be responsible, okay? So, are we good? It, do you like the smell of it? Okay, good. We were all gonna question your sanity. So, so, and, and let's just make a, a, a deal right here, right now. We're not going to walk this way when service ends. We're going to walk that way when service ends, okay? I'm going to remind you because, again, 
middle school boys, but <laughs> are you okay? I, I forgot to ask. Are you? You're doing okay. All right. So, so yeah, like sometimes balancing all that stuff. And then you have, then you have more kids, right? Or more jobs or more responsibility and HOA to keep happy. Um, and so if you can just take care of that, I think you'll be fine though. I think you'll be fine. So it's just a lot. Like you start to look at it and you're like, I think I can handle this. <laughs> this are you okay? That hat looks so handsome on you. Thank you. Okay. So, so you start to, any of you feel this like emotionally right now? You're like, I kind of feel like that. I kind of feel like this sometimes. And it's a lot to handle. Um, he's doing all right. He did, today was arm day or yesterday was arm day? Yesterday. And we're going to lift tomorrow again. So, I mean, I'm not going to like lift weights with you, but we're going to lift some things, you know. So, are you okay? Yeah, it's getting a little bit. Good, good. So it tends to build up, and let me tell you what ends up happening. We end up making this decision to try to do all this in our own strength. And some of this is like, I didn't do well at the game. I let the team down. Ugh. I didn't do my devotion. I used to be such, like, I used to be in such a close place with my relationship with, are you okay? I'm good. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure. <laughs> I just am really enjoying not carrying anything right now. Um, my back is hurting physically, like looking at you, because I'm 38, and that's what happens at 38 years old. Uh, so, so but, there, but there's like guilt associated. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have said that to my girlfriend. I shouldn't have let the team down. I, I messed up at work. You are not messing up at work right now. You're killing it. Um, but I met, well, you did drop my most prized possession. But uh, do you want to? Do you want to drop it? switching my hand position. You're just, yeah, because it's uncomfortable. Are you sweating right now? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, you can put it all down. You can really? put it all down. Yeah, absolutely. We're done. Yes. Yeah, can we give him a hand? Can we give him a hand? Thank you so much. Yes, sir. You can just leave your backpack up here, and I'll take all my, yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Hey, that's my hard hat, by the way, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I got you. Hey, you are keeping your job. So here's, here's where I'm at with this. Guilt uh, tends to hang over as kind of like a, like a cloud, or sh I should say shame, right? Shame kind of, it's like a, there's a storm cloud that just kind of like continues to, to, to go over us. And sometimes that can turn into depression. We've talked about that a little bit on week one. And what we said was like, man, if you're ever struggling with that, understand, first of all, that the Lord does not want you to carry that, um, but that also we're here to help you walk through that, um, or any emotion for that matter, if you're walking and you feel like enslaved to kind of this feeling. But, but here's what, what I want you to know. You were not meant to carry that weight. You were not meant to carry that weight. And I really want you to hear this, okay? So uh, funny illustration aside, I want you to hear this, like you were not meant to carry that weight. You were not built to walk around saddled by shame. And that's not God's plan for you. Sometimes we give ourselves, we got like an inner critic. We got an inner critic that says, you should have done better on that test. You, should, you shouldn't have said that. Like, ah, oh, you're, so, oh, you're so stupid. You ever, you ever have that like negative self-talk happen? Yeah, like we all struggle with that. Like adults in the room struggle with that sometimes. And so we think, oh, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. I wish I would have made a better decision. I wish, I wish, I wish. Rewind button. There's not one. And so you go on living life, and sometimes it feels permanent. But I want you to understand, if you read through the Bible... You'll see over and over and over, especially one moment. It's not going to be on the screen, but it's just a moment. It's just a verse that I really think is special where Jesus says, 
anyone who needs rest, come to me and I will give you rest, right? He's going to say, take my yoke upon you. He's, he's there. He's there to, to take all that stuff, okay? And here's what I'm really saying. There's little things that are going to pop up in your life and they're going to make you feel some kind of way. And what I want to tell you, I want you to pay attention because it's about to get a little more complex, okay? So don't lose me. There's these moments where maybe you make a bad grade on a test, and listen, that is permanent, like it happened, and you're just going to have to deal with it, and you're going to have to make a better decision in the future to study. Maybe you said something stupid and you really hurt somebody. It's permanent. It's in the history books, and you're going to have to learn how to live better. I have said stupid things. I have made mistakes, and at some point, you've just got to learn, like, hey, it's in the history books, and we're going to keep going, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to over and over and over again, I'm going to lay it at the feet, of the cross, and I'm going to give it to Jesus and be like, hey, listen, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and you know that because you, you knew me when I was inside my mom's womb. Before I was ever born, when I was inside my mom's womb, like, you knew me. You knitted me. Like, you knew my personality. You knew my choices. Like, you, and you died for me long before I would ever make these bad decisions, whether you call them mistakes or whether we're talking about straight out sinful decisions. You know what sin is? Like the, the definition of sin is like missing the mark. Missing the mark. It's like, it's like you're looking at a target like that you would shoot a bow and arrow at, and uh, anything but the bullseye is missing the mark. And that is a literal archery term called sin. It's kind of the, 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 the sense in which you miss that exact target. And can I just tell you something? We all miss it. We all miss it. Now, one, here's where it gets complex. As a human, right, as just a person who's in this room right now, who's maybe dealing with some stuff, what I want to tell you is, man, like, don't let that sit on you. Don't let that burden you. Don't, you your, your shoulders can't bear that weight. But there's, there's like, that's little guilt. That's little guilt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use kind of two phrases, little guilt and big guilt. And I don't know exactly how to say it, but so little guilt is kind of like, well, I made this mistake and I need to make it right and I'm going to go on with my day. Like, I did not mean to hit my friend Doug with a rock in the back of his head, right? If I did mean to, I should be in a psych ward right now, but I didn't mean to. It was a mistake. It was an accident. Accidents happen. But then there's big guilt. Track with me here. The Bible tells the story all the way at the beginning with Adam and Eve that when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, that was disobedience to God because God said, I've made this whole thing for you except for just that one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent comes in. He deceives them. They're tempted. They eat the fruit. And then they make this mistake. The book of Romans, we're going to look at about four different passages in Romans tonight, but this, this is not going to be on the screen, but there's a verse in Romans that actually says, like, when that original sin happened, it just kind of bled into the rest of humanity. And so I don't know that I need to convince anyone in the room that they've got sin in their life, but here's what the Bible says about that sin, and maybe this is a shock to you, maybe not, but it separates you from God. It separates you from God. But here's what I want to tell you. I think that people living in maybe this part of Texas, living in 2021, living in America, like for the most part, we have everything we want. We don't feel that distance from God. Why? Because we have all these pretty things to distract us. We have our video games. We have our sports. We have our grades. We have our friends. We have our schools. We have our nice houses and cars. We have everything like 
we're doing pretty good. And I want to tell you, the danger in having all those nice things is that we look at all of them and it's like, hey, I don't see the problem in my life. But I want to tell you that even if you don't feel it, there is a big guilt thing going on. And what I mean by big guilt is I mean there is an eternity-changing problem inside of every human that's born. You're born, whether it's automatic or whether you choose it, right, we have sin in our lives. We've made bad decisions today that are sinful. We've made bad decisions all week that are sinful. And that sin separates us from God. Now, what the Bible says about that, Romans 3.23, like I said, there's going to be a couple different verses here. Very simple, that we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. That's what Romans 3.23 says. We all. Do you know what that word all means? Every single, whether or not you feel that big guilt inside of your soul, it's there. Even if you're distracted by all the amazing things in life, and life is like turning up aces for you, it's there. And so whether or not you feel good about your life, feel bad about your life, or have made some good decisions or some bad decisions, I'm going to tell you, throwing a rock in the back of Doug's head was a big mistake. Maybe call it a sin if you want. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I don't know that I knew at that age that I had a much bigger problem in my life. And that was essentially my rebellion in my soul against God. And we do kind of rebel against God. None of us are saying like we're standing up and like throwing the middle finger to God necessarily. Maybe you would feel that way. But here's what I'm saying. Your heart every day wakes up and kind of chooses yourself, right? Isn't that kind of how we are wired? That's how we're programmed. So here's what's interesting about what God did. And I think that most people, if you've ever been in church, you've heard this whole story, right? Well, Jesus is born. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And then we celebrate Easter to celebrate that he died and he rose again, defeating sin and death three days later. And that resurrection, that moment uh, gave that promise to us. Now, if he never rose again, then we are hopeless. But he did rise again. He did defeat sin and death. And all of that. But that doesn't mean it's automatic. And I struggle, if you can just tune in with me for just a couple more minutes, I struggle when sometimes we do such a good job of singing about those words that we sing about those words, but we haven't actually like applied them to our lives yet. Sometimes we're like, God, you love us. God, you saved us. God, you. But the truth is that we've never actually said, like, what does it look like for me to be saved? Now, what's interesting about Romans is he's going to kind of go through some different verses to, to chat about what that means. Romans 5.16 is going to say this. For the judgment following one trespass, what one trespass do you think uh, Paul's talking about right there? Hmm? One big trespass. What's a trespass? It's a sin, something against God. You can count it your trespass. You can count it Adam and Eve's trespass. I, I tend to think we're talking about Adam and Eve eating the fruit, and it's the first sin that really sets the whole thing up. There is sin in the world after that. For after one trespass brought what? Condemnation. That's a big word that you probably don't use very often. Uh, the original meaning of that, work, which, uh, that word, which is written in Greek, is this idea of like when a judge declares you guilty. That that gavel hits, hits the desk and the judgment has been put out there. 
guilty, condemnation. And I want to tell you that what the Bible says about every human that's ever born is we are born with sin in our hearts and we are automatically guilty. Why? Because that sin separates us from God. We choose it. We choose to, to live in it. We kind of revel in it. The Bible even says sin is fun for a season. And so we just kind of live in it. I had a moment when I was 16 years old where I had lived in church my whole life. I've told this story a couple different times, but, but very simply put, I realized that God wanted to rescue me. And for so long, I had been living in the confusion of, I don't know if I'm a Christian or not. I don't know if I'm a Christian or not. I wonder if I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And for years, for literal years, I would lay in my bed, stare at the ceiling, and I'd say, man, I just don't know. You know what's crazy about that? Every one of those nights I was staring at the ceiling, I could have like solidified it in the moment, but there was something holding me back and I didn't know what it was. But when I was 16, I was holding all this stuff, okay? This is my story, may not be your story, but I was holding all this stuff and I just kind of had this breaking point where I realized, and it wasn't just like the busyness of life. I don't want you to mistake the illustration. It was like, I've got, my, I've got control of my life. I'm good. I don't need anyone to help me. Like I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I'm gonna go to the college I wanna go to. I'm gonna like do life the way I wanna, th- these morals that we're talking about in church, like not interested. I'm gonna do life the way I wanna do it. As soon as I'm done with high school, I'm out here and I'm going to have some fun with my life. Um, And God got a hold of me when I was 16 because I felt like I was about to drop everything. And it was a moment where I realized just very clearly, these were the words I used. I realize I'm not supposed to do life on my own. I realize I'm not supposed to do life on my own. Or I realize that I have all this shame and this guilt from me putting myself on the throne of of the world. And I I need need rescue. I absolutely need rescue. And so the rest of that verse, right, says the free gift. What's the free gift? Jesus dying on the cross to pay for our sins. Exactly. Salvation. That was provided for us. When, When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, and then he breathed his last, three days later, rises again, that should prove it to you that he's the king of the world. But it doesn't automatically just like download into your heart and save you, does it? Because God gave you the opportunity to choose it or to reject it. And I have to tell you, all eyes on me, I think most people reject it. I think most people reject it. I think people in church reject it. I think people outside of church reject it. I think that we're going to get to heaven and we're going to like kind of think like, oh yeah, all my church friends are going to be there. But all your church friends were more interested in like just going and playing the part. But at the end of the day, it was just like a charade because we never gave our lives to Jesus. So yeah, we got this one sin and it brings condemnation, but Jesus comes and he gives us this gift. And what does it bring? Justification, that word justification. Here's how I, it's a very simple way to remember it, is just as if I'd never sinned. It's this, it's this sense in which if God is a judge and he slams that gavel down, condemnation says guilty, what does justification say? Not guilty. Not guilty. Yeah, just as if I'd never sinned. You know what that means? That means that when he sees believers, he sees 
cleanliness, holiness, purity. He sees his son. What did, what did his son look like when he was on a cross? He saw sin and shame and guilt and fear and anger. And all that sin was on his son. And God poured out his wrath on his son to pay that price for us. Romans 8, 1 and 2 are going to say this. And if I can just have the band come up, we're going to close. This is some good news. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I love that. But it doesn't say there's now no condemnation. If you go to Fuse, man, you're good. There's no condemnation. If you go to camp, if you give, if you serve, there's no condemnation. No, no, no. If you're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And I want to tell you, I am, as your youth pastor, terrified at times that we are distracted by all the pretty things in life. And so I just want to ask you tonight, would you say that you have given your life to Jesus? And if not, what in the world is holding you back? I remember someone asked me that question over and over again when I was in Sunday school, and I'm thankful for that person. For years, I looked at him, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And honestly, if the world had ended or if I had gotten in a car wreck and died, it would have been over for me and I would have split hell wide open. I would have gone to hell. Because at that moment of death, at that moment when Jesus comes back, like it's over, like it's over, the chances are over. Because when you die, it's either heaven or it's hell. And those who go to heaven are not the ones who were good and went to church and like, you know, tried not to cuss and whatever. It was the people who were forgiven. It was the people who were justified. It was the people who, who said, you know what? I can't do this life on my own. I want you to be my King and my Lord and my Savior. And at that moment, Jesus says, not guilty. He slams that gavel down and he declares it. And I know some of us are like, but I have sin and I still mess up. Listen, if you're a Christian, uh, I know you're not a slave to sin, but your new nature is one of being in Christ. And so let me just tell you, I am a Christian. I'm going to heaven when I die. I have found myself in Christ. I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. But the truth is, like what Jesus says is not guilty. Not guilty. And for 16 years, I gambled with it. And my heart for you is that you wouldn't gamble with it. And so hear my question, my plea right now. Would you give your life to Jesus and quit gambling? Because as much as I love like all the fun and the games and the, just the, 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 the youth group kind of scene, I don't want you to miss the one thing that we're all here for, and that's Jesus. Jesus is King. He is Lord, he's Savior. And he's Lord and Savior whether you live in a nice neighborhood or not, whether things are good in 2021 or we are in the middle of World War III. Nothing changes. Jesus is still on the throne. I need you to know that. But some of you are gambling with life. And I want to call you to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to put a verse on the screen and show you how simple it is. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified, right? Not guilty. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. So all I want to ask you to do is respond to that. Will you close your eyes for just a minute? If you're in here and you're like, you know what? I am done gambling. I'm done messing around. I'm done being distracted. I've carried the shame and this guilt for far too long. And I've realized I can't do this life on my own. If you want to give your life to Jesus, it's something as simple as confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing that he's the son of God, you'll be saved. So let me just ask you to make one bold moment with all eyes closed, just out of respect for one another. Would you just slip up your hand if you need to make that decision tonight? And one of our youth workers will will slip aside and help you. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Again, all eyes closed out of respect for each other. If you're sitting there racked with guilt, racked with shame, and you need to just give it to Jesus. No more messing around, no more procrastinating. Would you just slip your hand up? Yeah, amen. Amen. With your eyes still closed, will you just stand up for a minute? I want to give you some instructions. Go ahead and stand up. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you just lift up your hand, I want to ask the volunteers, the leaders, if you'll just kind of step in the back. And if you just lift up your hand, I would ask you to make a big, bold decision and grab, if you're, a, if you're a girl, grab one of our female volunteers. If you're a guy, grab one of our guy volunteers. And make a big, bold decision. This is not something to be afraid of. This is like the best decision that you could ever make. I'm telling you, number one, more important than where you go to college, who you marry, or what car you drive, what job you have, the best decision in the world. You just made it. And welcome to the kingdom of God. We want to celebrate with you. So in just a moment, we're going to sing a song. And quite honestly, if some of you are like, you know what? I should have slipped my hand up and I didn't. There's leaders in the back waiting for you. Okay? So with your eyes open, we're going to sing a song together. You can open your eyes. Man, I'm so proud of those of you who slipped your hand up. I'm excited. I'm excited. Because what that means, church, is that someone just went from death to life. Someone that was destined to go to hell, separated from God for eternity, is now going to be with Jesus for eternity and with the church for eternity. Instead of torment, there is perfection and holiness. Let me just tell you what's awesome about that. You're going through life. You're going through some difficult circumstances. You are not alone because anyone who just invited Christ to be their king The Holy Spirit's walking with you right now. What the Bible says, the Holy Spirit literally dwells in your heart to help you, to comfort you, to guide you, to give you direction. I'm just celebrating with you right now. So we're gonna sing a song. I'm gonna get off the stage. We're gonna celebrate. If you made that decision, slip out, talk to a leader in the back, and they'll just pray with you. They'll just pray with you, all right?